Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the FPL Renegades podcast. Je m'appelle Drew oh, and fuck. as always I'm joined by mon ami Kirks. How are you Kirks? <laughs> uh, bon Andy. Very good. The eagle-eared listeners amongst us and your good self have noticed that I threw in a bit of French there <laughs> because I noticed that we have some new listeners from French Polynesia. They speak French? I hope so, because I don't know any <laughs> Polynesians. But uh, that's just what we do, Garks. We we kind of tailor to the new listeners. I'm assuming it's part, they speak French because it's called French Polynesia, but maybe not. I I bothered to go to the effort of learning the French, but I didn't actually Google to see what language they spoke. That good, news, probably, good news, it is that, French. That was probably the first protocol, but... Uh, they also speak Tahitian and some other language. There you okay. go. So, yeah, there we go. Welcome. Sorry, bienvenue, new listeners. <laughs> don't don't keep this going. <laughs> Kirk, that's all. I've, I've literally got eight words. You realize that's what the next it. sentence is between the two of us? No. Okay. Yeah, it'll come to you. I'm not saying it. Okay. So, uh, look. We're back again. Um, this is our second remote podcast now in a row. Yep. Uh, we're coming up upon just a week of Ireland's latest restrictions. So we've five weeks to go, Kirk. So we've a lot of podcasting to do. But uh, I really enjoyed doing it remotely last week. Thought it worked quite well. Um, I don't know what you thought. It's great. It sounds really good. And it's not as uh, disruptive as I thought it was going to be. Like... Um... The Anchor app itself, talking over each other was kind of weird, but we kind of got to work around and it seems to be pretty good. Yeah. And like, I'll miss the sociableness of going to each other's house and that kind of, even walking over to your house is kind of like a a pre-match walk (laughs) to the stadium. Like you're kind of walking over, you're thinking, what might I say here? What what might I do? Whereas when you're just at home. Exactly. But uh, it's the best of a bad situation, and it worked a lot better than I thought it did. And I think you were saying the sound is actually better than it normally is. The sound's way better, but uh, we've never really put a lot of time and effort into the sound. Like we bought a new mic and we got it slightly better so that it was listenable. But <laughs> uh, editing and sound and like it, it's not bad. But like I used to sell this podcast to people that. It's just two friends having a beer, having a chat about FPL. And if you want to listen, you can. If you don't, why not? Yeah, sometimes you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like a bit uh, like two people in a wardrobe having a fight. Pretty much. So uh, it's really weird. Like any, any, anything strange or startling the last week before we get stuck into FPL? I feel like I might just start moaning at some point in this podcast. You might just have to stop me. <laughs> Like, yeah. oh, woe is me, my bad luck, my bad decisions. Um, but I'll try, I'll try to avoid it. And I must say, I'm, I'm rather enjoying you struggling this year because I think <laughs> you've had it too good the last couple of seasons. I and I, I don't think you've realized how good you've had it. I know. Um, I'm starting to realize that myself. Like, it's so much easier with a lead with the right players when you're not chasing players. God, it's fucking next to impossible now. Every decision is just compounded. Yeah, and I won't lie, like, I, I really admire the way you play the game. Um, You've done really well out of it the last couple of seasons, and we even named the podcast after what you do. 
the FPL Renegades because you like you don't play it by by numbers or ABC. You kind of do things a little bit differently. But that's uh, great, and it's working. <laughs> that, that's it. Like n- I think at some stage everybody's going to have to mix it up. Everybody's going to have to change their plan. Everybody's going to have to just. I'm basically Brighton in eight weeks' time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I'm really enjoying seeing what you're going to do about it all. Even though that might might just whinge. I think that might seem a little bit sadistic. If you whinge, you're just going to be like me last season. You're yeah, better that, than that. that. That's put me off. I'm actually I'm not going to do it because of that. Mm. Or Woolly and his bloody fucking luck factor, whatever the hell that was. And the worst bit about last season was. I was going through a terrible run of luck, really bad variants, just worst season ever. And nobody was listening to me because everyone else I knew was having a good season. And I can understand why if you're having a good season, nobody wants to listen to this guy going, but like 10 years oh, ago. What about I, me? What about me? 10 years ago, I came 1,000th. Well, well, well. But Kirk, I'm bigger than that. I'm here. I, I'm happy to listen to your woes this season. I know what it's like. I've been there. And, uh, I'll, I'll go through a few of them when I go through my team. And I'm um, bigger than everybody else who wouldn't listen to me last season. Yeah, I, I just don't want to go off on one like with like, oh, this didn't work out. Uh, hopefully, I can actually talk my way into something, a, a good decision, or you know, maintain what I have for a bit of good luck. Hopefully, I'm not just whinging. Anyway, yeah. One thing I will say is it's very early doors. It's a really weird season, and uh, oh, it, is, it is bonkers. Like but that's no excuse. I mean, there's 3 million people ahead of me. <laughs> I know, but I wouldn't be getting too bonkers. Uh, worried about things as it is. Like the way I've started off this podcast, you'd swear I'm in the top 1K. I'm about 500 or 600K, <laughs> but I'm just so much better off than I was last season. Yeah, I'm better off than me. So you can laud it over me. Yeah. So uh, let's get stuck into FPL stuff. So topic number one, have Aston Villa and Everton's bubbles burst, in your opinion? Um, no. There you go. That's really quick. I just, no, we move on. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, they, they were kind of built up a lot. They had great starts to the season. They've so many FPL assets. But uh, I'm kind of thinking in hindsight, and it probably is hindsight, they couldn't have been as good as we made them out to be for those oh, first no. few weeks. Well, look, I was never on that wagon anyway. I mean, I've been back in Villa to lose for the last three game weeks. Um, and I did it again this week. Um, <laughs> but they, um, they're playing well. But like, you can look at like the Man City results, the United results, Liverpool results. Like People are getting turned over like just randomly. Like There's no way someone like Everton, Villa or, or whoever else got beaten is going to keep that up. Everybody can beat everybody, and it's just it's so random. Um, that like it's probably the most least expecting games that you'll you'll think that they lose. Um, so not that surprised. Um, but I could still see them going away to the next game and winning like they did the first three games. Yeah, but have we gone from maybe not us, but like people thinking could Everton and Villa be in the top six to now thinking oh, well yeah, if they're in well, the top ten they're doing well. People get, I don't know, a couple of results and people go mental. I, I suppose, I don't know, it's probably, it's not really the question you're asking, but Tottenham are now f- going to fucking challenge for the league because they scraped past Burnley and they, like the game before they threw away a 3-0 lead, but uh, the form of Son and Kane was like, oh, are they contenders? And they're talking about it for like half an hour on Sky Sports last night. And you're like, 
lads, did you not see that game or the game before? But it's the same with like Villa and Everton. Like you pull a few results together and everybody just starts kind of bigging it up. And it's like, take a step back. Like these lads aren't going to finish top four. Yeah. And do you think some of it's kind of wishful thinking in the FPL community? So you have someone like Aston Villa winning their first few matches. You have Everton winning their first few matches and then drawing with Liverpool. And they've such kind of nicely priced FPL assets who are doing well in their teams and people yeah, kind of go a bit over the top thinking, oh, this could be amazing. But there's there's two things. Like even just looking at the non-FPL football chat, there's still this kind of big uh, kind of thing gets built up about the results. And then FPL-wise, you're probably right as well. Like people love the fact that they got this guy on the cheap and he's going to get them loads of points. Remember the Pookie party last year? Yeah. That's the Dominic Coverloon party this year, hopefully. <laughs> I was going to ask you that later because there is a little bit of a similarity between them, but there's huge differences as well. Yeah, when you think of the teams they play for, et cetera, et cetera. But we might come on to that later. No, uh, that was just a joke. I, I, obviously, Everton, um, a lot more quality in the team. So like you expect Everton to win a lot more games than Norwich. So you'd still expect Coverloon to be involved a lot more. But um, that... In that game, Southampton ripped them apart. I don't know if you saw any of it, but like Southampton were brilliant. I did. And uh, it's going to be part two of the hot topics. Is like, how good are Southampton? But uh, <laughs> Aston Villa and Everton, like regular listeners from last season in particular, and like lads on Twitter used to have great sport uh, quoting you on Everton because like you have this natural hatred of Villa because of one of our mates and our ex-co-host, which is understandable. The general fan community for that club, I think. Yeah, but your real kind of disliking for Everton was always a little bit over the top and strange. So is it kind of a bit weird that you had to deal with them both having really successful starts to the season, but now the bubble has burst slightly? Not really. I mean, I didn't hate Everton because of the club. I hated them because they were crap and everybody kept saying, like, they're going to finish top eight. They're We've got this and that. They were terrible. Like they were absolutely awful. And people kept like bringing in players and asking if these guys were, were decent buys. And you're like, no, they're they're brutal. Um, this season they're really good, so I have no problem saying it. Like, yeah, I, I was a bit worried how easily their midfield got overrun. Um, I wonder if maybe just bringing in Sigerson was a mistake. Uh, he took out Gomez and put in Sigerson. Just maybe knocked off the the. The defensive balance to control, yeah. But they got overrun by Ward Prowse and Romeo, um, which is very worrying. That's only one player. Uh, who do they start up front? I think they had a Richarlison's out, so they started a Wobi. Like, that's yeah. a what a step down. And then they played <laughs> You're a pal of Wobi. No, oh, but that's that's the reason I hate them last season. He was starting him and Walcott left and right. Uh, and who's the guy? Godfrey, then he's a center half coming from Norwich playing right back instead of Coleman. I mean, that's a big step down as well. So Maybe you could just put it on a couple of players missing. Um, what's his face? Carry, uh, Rodriguez carrying a knock as well. So no Gomez, an, an 80% Rodriguez, no Charleston, no, Charleston. no yeah. Coleman. I mean, that's that's a big enough loss. Now, what we're saying is this season's going to be really tough on squads and Everton and Villa don't have the best of squads. So I think that might catch up with them over the course of it. That's a great point. I'm going to put you on the spot now before we move on to point number two. Aston Villa and Everton. Where do you think they will come? Villa. Uh, I'll do Everton first. Okay. Uh, uh, Everton keep everybody fit. I think they're a good team and they're playing like 
they're capable of playing like that for the rest of the season. I don't think they're accidentally on good form. I think they're actually that good. They, yeah, they could be. They could be top six. And they have a great um, manager. Yeah, I, I think I think they just have to worry about the squad's only their problem. Everybody fit. I think they could be top six. Okay. Villa. Villa, Villa, Villa. Um, very similar. Their squad is shit. So I mean, one injury, they can probably replace a man in midfield, and they can probably cover a fullback. But like, if they lose Mings, the keeper, Louise, Grealish, even Watkins now, McGinn, like they're really light on the ground when it comes to backup. Um, I don't think they're any better than Southampton. Um, a Newcastle put it up to them. I still think they'll be like Brighton. Brighton could beat them, or Brighton could get destroyed by them. But in that in that kind of area, I say bottom six, bottom seven. Okay. Fair enough, and it's quite uh, consistent with your usual opinions. Um, I was I mean, saying relegation, and I'm just now the fact they got 16 points on the board, I, like I can't really. Yeah, it's quite hard to see that gap being closed. Like Burnley and Sheffield United just don't look like they can score. Cool. So we'll move on to point two. Are Southampton better than both of them? And I put this in here because I think they might be. Southampton are great when they're on form. Like yeah. really, they're really good. But they also just go through these blips where they. They just can't win a game, losing 3-2 or 7-1 or 6-1, whatever the hell, 9-0 last season. Yeah. Um, I still think they'll finish the bottom half just because of the ups and downs. But like when they're on form, they're actually a brilliant team. Hasnoodle has to touch the clock about them and the way they play. He really does. Um, Ings is lethal. Uh, Shea Adams is coming good, but the defense is still a bit mishy-washy. And yeah, they're just likely to lose three or four games. Kind of like a Brighton, the way like, oh, they played really well and then they lost 4-1. Yeah, I think they're a little bit different to Brighton though because they've got a bit more steel to them. I think Brighton are they've a really nice team. They've a, a good group of footballers. They play nice football. They'll play off the park like the likes of United. They absolutely ran rings around them. But and Chelsea. They're lacking some sort of backbone or game plan or effectiveness that just mm. like even against West Brom, like they can't beat West Brom. No, that broke my heart for various reasons. Yeah, but, um, there's something something I miss but, with Brighton as much as I like them. Uh, like so, Southampton so are uh, expected points and points. Southampton are bang on where they kind of should be mid table. Yeah. Brighton are fourth in the expected points table. Like they're Jeez, by that's far some difference. They're by far the biggest points difference between expected and um, actual. Yeah. Like they've got five points and they're making me on ten. So like. 100% difference in their points like so is it unlucky or are they just like you said missing that thing that like is needed to, to get them over the line that bit of steel or that leadership or you know another striker what is it I don't know but yeah Southampton and Brighton I think are a similar kind of setup yeah and uh hasn't Hootel I was watching the game there the other day and uh I was watching it without the artificial crowd sounds it's deadly listening to him like he's not shouting he's not shouting anything kind of game breaking but it's just so loud and it's so clear (laughs) imagine that Um, was the difference how loud and clear you were nobody can hear ollie he's like go on go on go on (laughs) my guys are fantastic (laughs) but uh yeah no we we used to say on the pod last year two years ago kirks before you were here hasn't hoodle is the alpine club as they call him. Yeah. 
Um, he's actually really good. I like if Klopp leaves Liverpool, I mean, he'd be on my list for someone I'd want to to take over. He just yeah. he seems to have that right thing about him that he has how he likes to play, and he implements it and he sticks to it. And uh, yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah. And Southampton are kind of an easy FPL team because you you can either have McCarthy as your four and a half goalie. Um, you can have Kyle Walker Peters as a four and a half million defender. I don't think you're gonna get any other centre halves. I don't think you're gonna move up to Bertrand. You're not gonna get in any other midfielders really at this stage. And then it's just Ings and Shea Adams. So there's only like limited options to jump on. I had Ward Prowse at the start of the season. Thought he might have done something. Like he's captain, he's taking free kicks and corners. He got the goal the last day, it was quite well taken. Mm. But uh he might just be a bit too FL wise, a bit too much hit and miss. Whereas moving on to the next question. So if I'm saying Southampton are an easy FPL team to play, how do we play Leeds as an FPL team? Because I've watched a lot of Leeds just because I've heard a lot from their fans. Uh, the whole Bielsa ball thing is just such a a statement these days. People love to quote that. They, they play really well. They've got such a cool bunch of players. I really enjoy watching them, like watching them against City, watching them against Liverpool. They're kind of refreshing. But I don't think uh, they're anyone. They're so good against Villa. Yeah, I don't think anyone has really benefited from their FPL points unless you just stuck through Bamford through the last few weeks. If only I'd stuck through Bamford the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm not even using good English here. Stuck with Bamford. Yeah, but either way, I wish I'd stuck up or stuck with him. Stuck um, up, stuck in, <laughs> stuck with, stuck through. Um, I, think, I think we said it a couple of weeks ago and not following our own advice, which is brilliant. But uh, Leeds are a team who. If anybody shows up and doesn't put in the effort, Leeds will beat you. Yeah. So, like, Arsenal could show up there and, like, Leeds could hammer them. And that kind of means, like, any of their players are, are well-priced. I think you you did it well now. You had Dallas the last couple of weeks since your wild card. I think that's worked out well. Uh, he, that's he doesn't seem to offer any attacking threat, though, since I got him in. And, like, he sometimes plays in midfield, but there's very little uh, attacking threat there. Yeah, I, I wanted a player last week, so I brought in your man Struich. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, this is my first moan of the day. I'll mark him off. So I had Reese James, and I wasn't sure if he's going to play. He's been in and out. So I said, look, I can't. I have too many players not playing. I want to bring in somebody. So your man Bielsa came out and said, uh, your man Calvin's out, whatever his face, Phillips, and uh, Struich is going to be playing. So Parks, he was, the Yorkshire Pirlo. Yeah, so he was, <laughs> yeah. That's the worst comparison I've ever heard in my life. It's even worse than my Yorkshire accent, which I don't know what it is. But like... I just ignored I've... it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, so he came out and he said, Stuart is going to play. So he had an out-of-position out of defender playing in midfield who's able to pass a ball. I was like, this is deadly. Four million defender who's going to play. So I stuck him in. He started. Leeds finished the game with a clean sheet. He got yellow carded and taken off after 21 minutes. <laughs> That's one of those things. It's just, oh my uh, God. You just got to shrug and go. What? Oh, no. It, it, I think it was just compounded by the fact Reese went on and played and got a clean sheet then. So he, uh, Lampard took out the number 10, played an extra center half. Yeah. He's got his game. But I still want Reese out because the next game, he's not going to do that same system. He's going to bring back in the number 10. So I'm happy to get rid of Reese. But Jesus, talk about fucking timing. Um, your man Struch might play the next game as well he's done it a couple of times where he's just said look you're on a yellow you're walking the line I'm taking you off but your man who came on Shackleton played so well 
it's just like, fuck, I might be onto something here. <laughs> Another bench warmer. <laughs> but uh, I suppose the, the point going back is how do you get into the Leeds team? Um, it's Bamford, isn't it? Really? A Bamford or a, de- a defender who's definitely going to play ailing? I think it's Bamford if you're willing to stick with him for like five, six games in a row. Um, I was looking at Bamford today just for another uh, FPL project, Kirks, and uh, he had such a good start to the season. And then he had two blanks against City and Wolves and a load of people sold him. And then he gets a hat-trick against Villa and nobody was expecting him to get a hat-trick against Villa. But like he, could, he expect to get a return though. Yeah, he got thirty-two points in his first three game weeks. He uh, that's pretty fucking vicious now. Selling them. That's amazing. After that game, yeah, before the Villa game, and his stats against City and Wolves, where he blanked, were quite good. Like I think he had an XG of just under one. He had seven shots, seven shots in the box, two big chances. Like even against quite good defensive teams. Yeah, uh, chances. He he does keep getting chances. I think it's fairly ruthless getting rid of him before that. And as a 5.8, 5.9 million player. Um, I got rid of him in my wildcard before the city game. Just thinking yeah. you know, city, whatever. I then looking at the fixtures, I don't want him for wolves. But then yeah, patience with the the, the results that are coming up these days would have paid dividends. But yeah, there you go. But what I said actually, Kirk's in the piece I was writing on that and it kind of covers you there is what he did in the first three games should have given him a stay of execution in all of our teams. If we weren't wildcarding, I think if you're a wildcarding, it gives you a little bit of a, an excuse yeah. to move uh, to the, anybody. Yeah, definitely. The worst scenario is you've kept him for city. You've kept him for wolves and then you sell him before the Villa game. And I think they've got another fixture coming up as well. And you're like, that's strange timing. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. I think he is the best of the the Leeds bunch. And uh, last season, he scored quite a few goals in the championship, but he missed a lot of big chances and he was kind of... I don't know how that guy missed a chance. See, it's finished. Two finishes. The first I, one I was saying, he was like Robin Van Persie, the second and third goals. Just left foot, bam, bam. Third goal, third goal is amazing. Three guys around him. And like, it's not like it didn't take a deflection. It didn't bounce off someone's shin and he hit it in. Like He took control of it. Dummy it went around your man's foot and then put it in the top corner. Fucking. Yeah. So do we just treat Bamford as like a 5.9 million asset? Don't look at who he is. Keep him in your team for the next 10 game weeks and see how you get on. Like uh, he, he's an ena- he is enabling a lot of other better players around him in your team. So don't yeah, look yeah. at him as Patrick Bamford. But do you go Brewster Bamford premium? Or is it two premiums of Bamford? Like, I think I have Brewster now, and he's he's for the bench mainly. Like, would I bring in a second striker as Bamford and try to get another midfielder? Yeah, I don't know. Hard to I, know. Don't know. I, I think I'd rather have him as my third striker, and then two premium strikers. But might try yeah. to balance off a little bit. These are a funny team because. I said it earlier today as well. I think they're an attacking team, but they're quite economical. They don't take many shots. Uh, most of their shots are in the box. So that would kind of imply to me that they don't shoot from outside the box. They don't take speculative shots. They wait to work their way into good positions and then they'll shoot. So Bamford yeah. is quite a good player. Um, none of their midfield really apply to or appeal to me. Like Klitsch is on penalties, but penalties have died down. Leeds haven't gotten any. 
hasn't really done anything in open play since. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Um, when Struge came off the last day, Klitsch was the one who actually dropped back into the defence midfield. Yeah. And Shaq Shackley was given the, the attacking midfield role. So, yeah, it depends on what happens, I suppose, going forward. He could be end up in defence midfield. Yeah. Even, so even for me, it's, appealing. it's like Bamford. And then, like you said, one of the, the better defenders. So, like, you're looking at Aileen if he's not playing centre-half. Dallas or even the goalie like because I do think Leeds are going to keep clean sheets so we'll move on from Leeds what is going on with the City attack Maguero hauled off and he's Um, injured oh he's injured now yeah it sounds like he's out he's out for quite a while I didn't know that actually I thought he was just Uh, hauled off not even hauled out but even when you forget about Aguero and he's a bit of a disappointment to people who had got their hopes up and got those uh Romantic eyes kind of looking at him. Jesus, Jesus is if you, out. If you'd made a, a hit to get him in, thinking you were getting a big... Uh, oh, yeah, differential. differential. Jesus, that's a bit of a kick in the nuts, all right? And it's just one of those seasons where I thought it was a bit premature getting him in ahead of the likes of Kane. But I can understand people wanting, wanting to get ahead of the curve and oh, no, jumping not, on that. Not a bad shout, yep. but Jesus, that's a but then, hard, hard one to take. Yeah, but is it that surprising when you think of someone who's so injury prone, has been out for so long, all of a sudden comes in? I think he started two or three game weeks in a week. Is it that shocking that he got injured? Out for a month. Yeah, I just read Sorry now. I hate to be captain hindsight here. But... <laughs> He's 32 and played three games in a week after an injury. Yeah, maybe not. De Bruyne assisted tonight, though, against Marseille. Okay, and I noticed that he started, Sterling started. But what's going on with them, their attack in general? So, like, we're kind of left without a, a number nine for City. So, your options probably are KDB, Sterling, Mares, Foden. But Foden other than good. Foden, none of them are really delivering, are they? No, Foden was not lucky, but he came off the bench to get that goal. Now, he's only six and a half million so I suppose you could live with that if he's coming on for half an hour for City he always has a chance yeah but um, you'd even you'd want to hope he starts playing every game to keep him in your team so um, would you though like I think like he started most of the games before that and that was the first game he was benched so if he's getting benched and coming on for half an hour and scoring like he's quite a good yeah I just thought I don't want to see option. him lose, lose his spot though I don't want to see him change the formation or like he had a Cancelo in midfield and played like three at the back and Foden yeah. lost out like as long as that's not a permanent thing but again he came on and played really well he was probably man of the match actually even after coming on so hopefully that leads to uh, yeah. him being guaranteed a spot Kirksey was the official man of the match actually in that game there you go after coming on uh, he's a good player though six and a half is great value if he, if he plays uh, for the, the striker, I don't know. Torres is playing up front tonight now, but and he got a goal. But don't know. Oh, maybe he, that could be interesting. Wonder if he was converted to a striker, would he be a good option? Don't know enough about him. Um, I watched a little bit of him at Valencia when he moved to City. I watched some highlights and a few games, and he just really looked like a textbook right winger, not Cast. a great goal threat, but he'd always kind of get into good positions and try and square the ball. Uh, like he, actually, he really, I, might, I might watch this uh, afterwards to see how he gets on because yeah. they really struggled with Sterling and Mares in the number nine and the two lads are out someone has to play there yeah this isn't a great uh, comparison now but uh, Ferran Torres really reminded me of uh, Jesus Navas when I was watching him 
Right. I wouldn't usually play Navis in the middle, but... No. Like that real right winger, get down the line, try and get it across, but often can't kick the ball far enough. <laughs> can't kick it far enough. <laughs> so we um, move on to the next point, unless you've anything else to say on that. No, just Laporte's back and Zinchenko's back. That And that back line then starts to look a lot more um, solid. Yeah. Will Wolves ever score more than one goal in a game? Oh, my God. Fucking Wolves. They're a bit they're, heartbreaking, aren't they? They're absolutely they're not playing well at all. They're, they're kind of playing solidly, but not great. And but they're, they're one of those teams that everyone has one to two to three of their assets. Because they've had such nice fixtures, we're used to Wolves being quite a solid FPL team. But it's not really happening this season, is it? No, I got two, and I don't like having two because they're not going to score two goals. So that's it. Only one of my guys is going to get points every week, which is a little bit kind of shit. Is one of them Jimenez? <laughs> it is Jimenez. Yeah. At least you have the main getter of points. But he's also most likely to swap out because, like Cavaloon or whoever, like. The striker is the position I have a few more options. And Potens looks so dangerous when you're watching the game, like turning people inside out, going past people for a laugh, and no end product and no goals. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I think what you, you nail on the head. They just seem like if they're going to win, they're going to win 1-0. And you're not going to get a lot of FBL points that way. Now, you've you've brought in size and you've gotten your two clean sheets, which is way more than I've gotten off the other two together. Yeah, but I'm really thinking of getting rid of him this week. Um, yeah, take your points and run. Yeah, I don't know how nailed he is, and uh, we might come to that in the questions, but it looks like there's three Wolves defenders vying for two slots, really, and nobody really knows who's going to get them at the minute, but we can uh, guess. We later. can take a guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, Wolves, I don't know. They scored... A goal against City, nothing against West Ham. They scored one goal against Fulham. They lost to Leeds. They scored one goal against Newcastle. So it's not like they're playing great teams here. Like Fulham, West Ham, even Leeds, Newcastle. The Newcastle game was, was, they had all the ball and they poked around, but they just weren't very dangerous. And it, the surprising thing is that Dominatore is, is starting off the bench. And they're talking about this great tactic of like Traore is a great impact. So it's like, that's fine, but like you actually need him at the start of the game when you're playing boring, non-attacking football. <laughs> like bring on your best attacking player, um, change it up and sixty minutes with somebody else. Like why are you wait sitting around waiting to bring this guy on for at seventy minutes? Um, I, I think he might play the next game because of that. Yeah. But be interesting to see in place of who. But Kirks, if he starts a game. It's not as good a highlight reel as when he's getting brought on as a sub and someone's like Vaseline and up his arm. <laughs> like yeah. if he's starting the game, they can probably oil him up in the dressing room and we don't get to see that. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I, I love seeing that. But uh, like God, you said, I think Podence and really past. Neto look like great players, but like they, they're not really delivering. So at some point, Troy has to start, no? He has to. And who, who drops out? Podens is, is the one being subbed out, but, but I think he looks also better. looks like the best attacking yeah. player on the pitch <laughs> um, for most of the time. So I would hope it's three up front, it's Podens left, Jimenez in the middle, and Troy right. Um, maybe he has a problem with the, uh, the fullbacks or something. He can't seem to get the balance right. I don't know what it is, but they're, they're not right at the moment. 
Slice was brutal on the left as well. He can't play there. No, he's not a he's not a fullback. Killed killed him on the left. In the end, Podens ended up going out wide to try get the ball, and that killed their attack. It was just uh, it's all over the shop. Yeah, he's too slow. He offers nothing going forwards. He's either one of the back three or nothing. I think, and that's my worry as an owner. Does he become nothing because Kilman's playing quite well? Kilman looks like a good footballer, but I would have. If I was to guess, I would say he's still behind Slice when you're starting a game. But yeah, Slice was taken off the last day instead of being dropped back. Is that just because the shape was settled? or? Yeah, it's probably easier to take off a fullback than a centre half, is it? I don't know. It's swapping things around as well. Cool. So, Kirk, that wraps up all of the talking points. The last one was... Um, to do with Spurs and how they got on against Burnley but it was quite a dull underwhelming match and I didn't even bother to make up any kind of points to do with that so Kirk that brings us on to our own teams for game week six and it can't have gone that well can it looking at the masses looking at the average looking at the players was... that did well I can't imagine that either of us did too well oh, I didn't do very well at all but I was so close to being like so close to I'd say it was 10 minutes away from like an absolute great score, like 80 points. Do explain. But <laughs> um, Bedford holds Stuart Grease thing. So that was a bad decision. Uh, should have just not taken a hit and kept Reese James just for the one game. Um, I suppose, right. So going through quickly, uh, I had Ryan and Lamptey at the back. Um, they were five minutes away from a double cleanie there. Yeah. Cleanie, hashtag cleanie. Um, <laughs> Trent had the most key passes. Salah had the highest amount of shots and highest XG. The two of them were just unlucky. I think Trent put Salah in Pallet at Salah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think he either missed or was he offside for one of them. But the two of them on paper were, were probably the best players. Um, Poden's dancing around everywhere, probably doing nothing. Foden came off the bench and scored. I suppose my, my biggest problem like was, was Werner. Like, I had Mitchell. Mitchell conceded a 95th minute fucking equaliser. Um, Stuart was taken off after 21 minutes, but Leeds still finished with a clean sheet. Like, just all these little things, like if any of them had clicked, or if all of them had clicked, even better. They all add up, don't they? They all add up. Like, just that little, like, the f- a five minutes here, one minute there, and suddenly I'm gone from... I have 42 points in the end. That Reese james Stuart switch cost me 10 points. That 52 would have been a massive rise in places, and the 42 is a massive drop. That That's one decision that's cost me places. A bit of luck then with Ryan Lamptey, five minutes more, and again, that would have been a 12 points, another 10 plus points. It's like just margins everywhere. Um, biggest problem is Werner, though. Don't know what to do with that fucker. He comes up in the questions, so maybe hold your breath until then. Um, um, it so, sounds like you won't know what to do them then, even. But uh, yeah, I think about it till now. Then um, it was an average week. I got forty-two. Average is forty-eight, and that was including a hit. So yeah, can't really expect too much more. But just margins. Yeah, it's that old cliche. It was a good week to have a bad week. I think if you had a really good week, it probably shows that your team's not in great shape going forwards. <laughs> Yeah, the, who's the highest point scorer this week? Player-wise. Mm, you know, the, every week they have the highest. I'm trying to find it here now quickly. The kings of the game week, Kirk. Oh, Bamford, yeah. yeah. That makes sense, Bamford. 
Um, the rest of the team, though, is, is, is a bit mental. WordPress, yeah. Riedelwald, Murphy. Oh, yeah, you couldn't <laughs> have had a lot of these guys. But uh, oh, So that's why there's no point getting too uh, caught up in it. I'll move on to my team quickly. And uh, I got 46 points, so I was slightly below the average. Um, nobody really did anything for a lot of the week. Uh, Sice got me a clean sheet. And it has to be said, a lucky clean sheet. He came off as a sub. And uh, Wolves conceded shortly afterwards. Dallas yeah. got me a clean sheet. Um, Barkley, nothing. Salah, nothing. Fernandez, nothing. Son got me 11 points. Happy days. Kane, an assist. Calvert-Lewin, one point. Um, it was just one of those game weeks going into Sunday. Just had absolutely nothing. Um, oh, man, that Brighton game will haunt me. <sighs> yep, go on, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's grand. It's one of those, and it's why I always say you shouldn't check your uh, your rank mid-game. I'm really against this, and I know load, loads of people that love checking their rank kind of all the way through matches. And who am I to tell you how to enjoy the game? But you shouldn't do it. Um, it's only going to annoy you. Like, you know, if you kind of see lads getting yellow cards and a goal going in and you're watching your rank rise by a K and then drop by 10K. And I have a, I have a rule that don't check your overall rank till the end of the day. It's not that hard to ask, is it? I piss all over your rules and I check it every five minutes. <laughs> I, I thought you might, all right. But, uh, Mitchell, clean sheet was like that, like in the bag. Here we go. Deadly Mitchell, clean sheet, no worries. 95th minute goal from Fulham. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, absolutely meaningless consolation goal from uh, Fulham. Do you know, it didn't affect the outcome. There was absolutely no need for that goal to ever happen. They didn't need to do it. They should have been thinking of the FPL players. Nobody had him. Who was it? Kearney or someone who scored? Yeah. And it's just so, like, we were all wondering whether Mitchell would start. We all got the green light when he did start. It was like happy days. And then, like you said, I was lucky. I was out on a walk. I wasn't looking at the game. And like I said, I, I refused to check my rank till the end of the game week. But it just would have been so uh, demoralizing. <laughs> it was. It was. But uh, I'll run out of that game week with my tail between my legs, quite happy that I was slightly below the average. Um, Son and Kane got me 16 points out of 46, and that like dropped my rank. But I was still, I don't make no sense from a mathematical point of view. I was still kind of happy to get points in that game, even though I knew it was going to drop me. I think next week's even harder. <clears throat> I don't know what your team is set up like, but I'm looking at the fixtures kind of going, I don't know where I'm going to get points. Uh, let's move on to that then, because... I think next week looks quite promising. Maybe your team's set apart in my team. <clears throat> I think the fixtures are really tough. Tell me um, about your team. Game week seven. Sorry, I got a few lads playing against each other for a start, which I don't like. So I've got yeah. the two Brighton guys against Son. Um, I've got the two Liverpool lads against West Ham, which I don't particularly like. Uh, I got Leicester versus Leeds, Stuart versus uh, Justin, which I probably have to pick between the two of them. Greenwood, who's probably not going to play. And the two Wolves boys at home to Crystal Palace, which will be the 1-0 or nil all. So Werner is the only one on the on paper who should do something away to Burnley. You're thinking, yeah, Chelsea should be Burnley. But you know Burnley are just going to go there and like, you know, shut up shop. And Werner is the last person you want. He could be dropped. I think Tammy might even start. Yeah, even Giroud seems like a guy you'd start against Burnley. So I'm looking at my team going, I don't even know who to bring in who could fix this. I'm 
Yeah. There's going to be no <laughs> space in between Burnley. If like watching that Spurs game is anything to go by, like Werner is, like you said, is going to be pointless. Tammy's, I don't know what he offers at all. Like that Giroud doesn't. Like he's a bit he more offers mobile. Ga- gangliness. Yeah. Like he's more mobile. But uh, Giroud is the guy, like against Burnley, where there's going to be no space in, beto- in behind. Yeah. Take it down. Take a touch. Yeah. Keep get- the ball. A, a good target man up there taking the ball in flick-ons in the box for crosses he might be a man I don't, think, stuff, yeah. I don't think Frank has that in his locker though I think he's just going to start Werner yep and we unless clearly, he starts Werner Werner on the, on the side somewhere with Hearts in the middle but yeah, yeah we clearly know more than this FA accredited manager <laughs> look anybody can be FA accredited don't mind that so you're not too optimistic about this game week are you making any transfers I haven't made any yet and I've got nothing planned as of yet which I suppose even breaks my heart even more why did I take a hit last week I don't even have a plan for this week have you won free transfer obviously I have I have the transfer ready to go I just don't have to do it I'm I'm kind of tempted to leave in the two Brighton guys and Son and just kind of see what happens like Brighton are decent could they hold off yeah if Spurs score and I lose my clean sheets it's probably going to be Son involved so is that kind of cancelling it out Um, Foden's probably a Nice little bright spot. He, he probably looks like he'll play against Sheffield United away. Um, I don't really fancy Liverpool at West Ham. I don't know. Is there a fixture there that jumps off the page? Like I have to do a last man standing selection this week as well. And I was looking for a team to pick. And I was even kind of going Newcastle, Everton, Newcastle home. Like, is there any fixture that jumps off the page that you say, yeah, that's a banker. I can, I can rely on that team to, to perform. Uh, to be honest, no. I'm looking at the 10 fixtures. Like, there's none of them that I would put a serious amount of money on. I'll, I'll move on to my team very quickly. Um, yep. I have two free transfers. I have 1.2 million in the bank, and I have a nice set of fixtures. To be honest, I don't know how I'm going to use these two free transfers. So I have Martinez and goals, not changing my goalie. I have Robertson. He's in there for the long haul. I have Dallas, same. Mitchell, same. Sice, I, I kind of want to get rid of because I'm not 100% sure he'll start. But he's home to Palace, which looks like a very likely clean sheet. Yeah, I think he, I think he starts ahead of Kilman. Think so. Okay. I'm like guessing, but Kilman's a very good player. But he's surely Sice is ahead of him. Yeah, and is Marcel ahead of any of them? I think Marcel comes in just purely I, because Sice is a bad fullback. Yeah, I think so. I wing think he has to come in. Yeah, I think he will. But I think Sice isn't being dropped. I think he was just facilitating the fact that he didn't want to play Marcel or Markel. Cool. I, I like the sound of that. And it also, I, I can see the logic behind it. Son is home to Brighton. Salah home to West Ham. Barkley home to Southampton. Um, Barkley's like, we said it last week, he's my 5.9 million guy. He's going to be in there for six, seven game weeks. I'm going to give him the benefit yeah, got, of the doubt. He's not going to score pictures. every game week. Like. No, he can't. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose you got home games against Southampton, home game against Brighton, home game against Newcastle, home game against yeah. Burnley. Just so give him a run. We're still uh, predicting that he's on penalties as well, which hasn't come up. So they don't win penalties. So yeah, he's a grand guy to have in there. Uh, one of my problem areas is uh, Bruno Fernandez, home to Arsenal. I'll come back to him, see what you think about him. Then I've Calvert Lewin against Newcastle. Going to keep him for that. And if Kane home to Brighton, happy days, captain material. And like we said, I think Spurs could do quite well in that game. So the two people I'm thinking of, and you've already put me off getting rid of Sice. Uh, Who's Bruno. your backup? Who's your oh, backup yeah. on size on the bench? My Bruno's my my Bruno. 
my I backup is quite good as well. I have Walker Peters away to Villa, which I'm happy to. Bring. Yeah. Okay. So that's it means you don't need to make a sub anyway, as in like a transfer. Yeah, but I have two transfers, so I need to make at least one. Would you get rid of Bruno? He's home to Arsenal. I don't like United's form so far. I don't like Bruno's body language. He doesn't look happy. Like he still, I think he steals points, but he doesn't look like he's overly happy in that team. Yeah. What do you do though? But do you want United cover at all? I'm probably no. selling Greenwood. It was top of my sell list as well. But like based on form and ownership, United is far from a priority. Uh, but then who'd you bring in? Like, have you got an Everton si- player? I've, I've got- uh, DCL. Yeah. Okay. That's right. But do I bring in like a, a Sterling or a KDB? I don't know. Well, KDB, well, I might have a look at that game later on. KDB assisted and he was taken off then on the 80th minute. So if he's fit to play and he's as good as ever, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking to get him back in. But their city team is just disjointed as well. So, yeah. Like, who, um, I don't know. This is such a tough season. Like, you're nearly better off taking a punt on someone completely random because it's as likely to pay off. Barnes. Yes. No, I agree with that. And uh, I was saying it earlier, one of my big things this season is, not this season, for all seasons, is I'm reluctant to go from a premium down to a lower price player, even if they're in great form and there's no kind of obvious premium to switch. Yeah, you have this thing about spending your money. Yeah, I kind of like to, like just say I have 11 million. I want to spend that 11 million. I hate having money in the bank. I hate going down. Even if I'm only going down for a week or two and I keep the money in the bank to move back up. I have 4 million in my bank. Yeah, which I, I think is a bit of a leak in my game now this season, especially since it's such an unpredictable season and all the mid-price guys are going nuts. Yeah, it's just, but I just don't know what game to target. You know, there's always a game that jumps out at me as though like, yeah, I, would, I fancy that now. I might have a sneaky look at that. Yeah. Uh, but those fixtures, I could see all sorts of results. Like United Arsenal, I could see just a nil all, like the way Arsenal been playing against the top six. Um, so tell me this. Don't tell me who you'd get in for Bruno, but would you get rid of him? I need to make a sub. I can't burn a transfer. Like he's playing Arsenal, Everton, then, but then he's West Brom and gave me nine. At home, yeah. Like the thing about Fernandez is is the penalties. Like United get so many penalties because they've got so many like fast forwards. Like Martial would always win a, a penalty. Rashford, Greenwood, these guys are in the box, falling mm. over all the time. That like even if he's shit and he takes the penalties, he's probably still worth a few quid. Yeah. Um. And I think United had like the record number of penalties last season, 14 or something they got over the season, something like that. But like, that's that alone is nearly worth hanging on to. Like if he doesn't play well, he still gets your points, which has happened a couple of times already this season. Yeah. The, I think the question is just who do you bring in? Is the Yeah. And Kirk's look, it's Tuesday. We don't have to decide this now. It would be great for our listeners if we did, but we'll move on. Who are you gonna captain? Uh no idea. It could be Foden or Salah. Okay. I'm between Salah home to West Son. Ham and yeah, Son or Kane. I always prefer captain and midfielders, but I always prefer captain and Kane ahead of Son, which is a bit contradictory. Just penalties. Um, I don't know. I, I have this thing for Kane ahead of Son, even though I always Even though you've said yourself, midfielders is way better. Clean sheets. He's probably more likely to be involved. An extra point for the goal. Yeah. You know I what, Kirk's? I might go Foden. 
Yeah, you you do that. <laughs> okay, Kirk, that brings us on to my favorite time of the show. Ooh. It's time. It's time. It's <laughs> question <goodness>. time. <laughs> Willie used to do it a lot more enthusiastically, but here so we I are. I think we should just snip that out, like just save it in the recordings and just ram it in there every week. Yeah. If he was on Zoom, he used to get such an angry little head doing it as well. He looked like a mini. I thought the best bit was he would always tell us he's not doing it. I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Make a tit of myself. I'm not doing it. And then you press record and go, Willie, what time is it? <laughs> and he would do it anyway. Yeah. Like a little mini Brock Lesnar. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get stuck straight into the questions. And we're starting off with uh, the best friend of the show, Kirks, Luke Farrell. He's back. We missed him last week. Not so a question. Something happened, actually. We thought he might have left us. Yeah, but he uh, he moved swiftly to calm my fears and came on Twitter to say he hadn't left us. He just forgot to ask a question. All right, fair enough. Don't have so, to ask uh, questions. I, that's what I said. It's like, you don't have to ask a question. We were just uh, doing the right thing and checking on you, like all good podcasts should do. Yeah, and everybody who listens should get a check-in. Yeah. So he says, not a question, more of a comment. Can't oh. seem to catch a break. Feels like a long, disappointing FPL season. However, we've only done six game weeks. Is the lockdown making everything seem worse than it actually is? Nope. It is exactly as shit as you think it is. <laughs> and it is going to be a really long season, especially if the results keep up. But the good news is I, I would I, I must check this during the week, actually, and you can post it on Twitter if I actually get around to checking it. But I would say that the gap between first and last this season is a lot smaller than it normally is. Like I'm in 3 million. I'm 100 points behind 10K. Like I okay. feel like I should be a lot further behind than 100 points. Like, I mean, a lucky game week and you get 20 points or uh, you go on a, a run and you're getting five points a week for six weeks. That's like, it's achievable. Like that 100 points isn't scaring me. So I maybe take some sort of solace in the fact that it's just maybe not as spread out as it, is it could be. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Um, Luke currently has 326 points. He's 1.8 million, so he's miles ahead of you, Kirks. <laughs> I don't know if you're qualified to be answering this question right I'm now. I'm only 10 points behind, though. Yeah. So <laughs> his team on paper looks okay. Uh, do you want to see his team? Take one. Okay, I'll share it with you now in one sec. This is the... Uh... The technical advances we've made now you're going to start sharing shit with me i'm not even going to share my screen i'm just going to send you a link to his team oh that's not more boring but uh he might be lacking a premium or two in my head like he has salah he has kane he's nobody else really he must have a, a load of money in the bank does he 1.6 million um his team looks okay but like you said it's just one of those weird Starts to the season. We've only yeah. six game weeks. So the thing, I've, it's the same problem. He has the same problems I have, I think, in some ways. The triple Wolves scares me a little bit. Um, but I suppose he has Patricio in there, which is, I mean, he should have mopped up those clean. Oh, he didn't because you got you had the sub, didn't you? Because when all, yeah. You got away with that one, Andy. Oh, I uh, sure did. And that's part of the look of the game. But like Patricio has three clean sheets in six games. He's no bonus. And I, he probably doesn't get many save points either. 
Yeah, he's, he's a few points in there. Like, I think it's, it's the fact that it's triple wolves is probably a bit of a negative. Um, and I want to be getting off Mitrovic after the next game as well. Um, they go to West Ham, Everton, Leicester, Man City, Liverpool after that. So triple wolves and Mitrovic should be. Mm. He's a strong bench. Like he has Reese James and James Rodriguez. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. There's nothing wrong with the team. As in, like, it's as good as any other team. I do think he's lacking on a premium point of view. Like, I have Salah, I've Son, I've Kane, I've Bruno. Is he tied up his money with Jorginho, Neto, Rodriguez? Is there someone cheaper he can get in there? I mean, he's no real kind of dirt cheap enablers. Yeah, I get a Grealish up to his son, something like that. Maybe, but I wouldn't be getting too disheartened. It's like he said himself. The fact that he mentions that we're only six game weeks in gives me a lot of hope for him. And uh, it's such a weird start of the season. All the ranks are bunched up. There's been so many unpredictable results. Load of players you couldn't have really laid your hands on. So uh, hang tight. And uh, he's actually twenty four points ahead of me. Okay. And I'm three million two hundred and fifty first. There you go. And then 24 points in the opposite direction might get him into the top 500k. Who knows? 24 points in the other direction, I'd be 4 million or something. No, yeah. but Luke. Yeah, I'm no, just yeah. saying it, it's it's like that 20 points is, is massive at the moment. It's It seems like a, a small number, but it's actually a huge amount of places. Yeah, but I think like is lockdown making everything seem worse than it actually is? Like, no. Everything is pretty shit in lockdown, but like football and FPL is one of the few kind of things getting me through it and kind of making it bearable. Even with some of the odd results and, you know, some of the really low scoring weeks, it's just one of those. It's great fun to watch. As in, if you can separate yourself away from it, you need whatever to happen for your team. Like the results are crazy. The goals are crazy. The amount of goals and the, the action is just like right up into the final whistle. Yeah, so we'll move on. Should be enjoying it more. Mm. Next question comes in from another friend of the show, Colin Ryan. What to do with this bunch of tossers? Thinking Jimenez out after this week when Wolves fixtures turn, best replacement. Um, hold on there now, Kirks. You're going to fancy. I'm going. I'm not going to do anything fancy. I'm going to try and share my screen with you now. But uh, any Jimenez replacements in the next couple of weeks that spring to mind while I'm doing this? Yeah, that's my plan as well. I had the Wolves guys brought in for this nice run of fixtures. Uh, my plan was to bring in DCL at the end of it. Um, the, the problem is, if you're going to get rid of Jimenez, you can nearly get rid of him now before the Crystal Palace game. If you had someone lined up that you wanted to bring in. Um, yeah. And if you're going to get rid of him, He'd probably fucking do something against Leicester and Southampton afterwards. It's, I don't know, it's just thing of fear of missing out and the fear to pull the trigger. It's that balance, like, um, he's so consistent. Saying, yeah, he is. Like, he he probably still score a penalty now against Leicester and he'll get a goal against Southampton. Um, if you have other fires to fight, it's still not a bad three week yeah. game thing. But like, who are you bringing in instead of him is is maybe the the bigger question. Um, if it's Kane or somebody like okay, fair enough, Brighton, West Brom. Yeah, but can you see Colin's team there on your screen now? I can indeed. Okay, he has Kane already. Yeah, so he says, What to do with this bunch of tossers? It's quite a good team on paper. It is, yeah, that's nothing wrong with it. Who's the keeper? Martinez. Martinez, yeah, no problem there. 
and he's got some bench fodder as well. Uh, the Burnley defense isn't doing too bad. Like Taylor could play like if you were stuck, that wouldn't be too bad. I don't know. Maybe it's downgrading. That's three playing strikers. Um, I think I ran into trouble earlier on the season with three playing strikers. It just cripples you a little bit. Mm. Um, trying to fit other players in. I would maybe I would just take a striker out and downgrade it to a Bamford or a Brewster, and um, try get the money into the defence. Like who's his best defender? Uh, Connor Cody. Fortunately, <laughs> yeah. he's not really an FPL man. It's hard though, isn't it? Because the defences aren't doing that brilliantly, but it feels like he's very light in the back. I would probably look at Jim Jimenez to Bamford or Brewster and put the money into the defence. But like, I don't know what he can afford. Would you think of Calvert-Lewin instead of Jimenez, seeing as Jimenez seems like he'll get you a goal every game, whereas Calvert-Lewin is just one of those guys that he's anonymous, even when he scores goals. He's not involved in the games at all. He's just yeah. But Everton have Newcastle, United, Fulham, Leeds, Burnley as their next couple of games. Okay. Like, I just like watching Carvalhoon against Liverpool. It's just like that jump he has. I mean, that's going to cause problems to anybody. Every corner, every free kick, every cross. If he can, he's some it. he's some lap on him. It's an unbelievable lap, lap a leper. <laughs> um, I actually. It, he's probably one of those guys like he doesn't need to get many touches at the ball. One cross comes in and he'll do damage. And those fixtures are, are nice. And then Wolves are Chris Pass at home is fine. Leicester away to hit and miss. Southampton at home is okay. And then he's got Arsenal Liverpool. You're not taking Kane out. Unless you're you're juggling this. Would you take Kane out as he hits that tough patch of City, Chelsea, Arsenal, or Chelsea no. Arsenal now that nah, so I just keep mediocre I keep... that you just keep him. I keep a Spurs player and uh, my answer to that question revolves around uh, Mikel Antonio's fitness. I think if he is past fit or isn't out for that long, you could easily ride through the next game. So you have Jimenez against Palace. Yep, no Antonio problem. will play Liverpool, but then he plays Fulham, Sheffield United and Villa. And yeah, you can hop on there, save a bit of money. Yeah, it's a good one. If he's and, uh, fit, like, yeah. that It's a big if, like, keep an eye on it. But uh, you're not in any huge rush to get rid of Jimenez, like Palace, Leicester, Southampton even. You could keep him. But if Antonio is past fit, maybe get on to him in game week. What about Zaha? Zaha's a midfielder, so kind of, it's a bit different. Keep, but I think he's a better option no, than but I've, I mean, I've I mean, ever keep, thought. Keep Wolves for the Crystal Palace game at home. Two, yeah. two subs. And then you've got Crystal Palace with Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle, West Brom. And you bring in a striker like Bamford or Brewster again um, to, to chop that money into midfield. Yeah, I wouldn't be dead against it. Like, uh, Zaha's one that I think I've missed the boat on and I kind of yeah, avoid. I wouldn't rely on Crystal Palace coming out to attack anybody. No, but I think he's been a lot better than I ever give him credit for. Like he's, I think he's third in midfielders. He's like two points behind Salah. He's ahead of Grealish. He's ahead of James Rodriguez. And everyone's gone nuts over Grealish and James Rodriguez. But you barely hear a peep out of Zaha. On penalties. And, uh, just because Palace are really unfashionable. They don't really create many chances. But he's scoring points. He's getting goals. He's getting assists. Yeah. Uh, I said it in... An article today. Do you think Zaha is doing well in front of no crowds because he's the type of player like he's really flashy. 
he uh he gets fouled a lot like opposition crowds are really good on his back and with no crowds he's probably and he seems a little he seems a little kind of soft and he always gets riled up he always gets annoyed he's liable to get a yellow card do you think with no crowds he's just at home he's happy out i don't know like you're you're stretching it a little bit i think with his performance because like one of them was a penalty where they won one nil, was it one nil? And they got a one shot, one shot on goal, and it was a penalty, and Zaha took it. Yeah, I mean, is that is it flattering a little bit? Like, how many penalties are Crystal Palace going to get? Like, he probably if it was wins two something. seasons ago, about twenty feet. <laughs> yeah, made of Vujovic. Yeah, but I thought it's it's you're relying on him taking or getting the penalty and taking the penalty. Um, mm. I I don't think he's a bad option. Um, but yeah, I think I have that same mentality that you have. I'm like Crystal Palace. Like they've a nice run of fixtures, but they're not going to go out and hammer Leeds or hammer Burnley or hammer Newcastle. Like they might do the same job on them where they win one nil and it's a Zaha goal or a Zaha penalty. Is it a uh, roll the dice? We Maybe. might have missed some of the points, I think, at this stage. Yeah, I know. You be my big worry. I'm not sure you can predict his points. I think you, if you brought him in, you'd have to stick with him for those five game weeks. Yeah, that's a fair enough point either. So we'll move on to the next question. Comes in from FPL Connect. First ever question, Kirk. So we can't say a friend of the show, but uh we got to draw this up for you someday, like a little chart, like whatever the 10 steps to friendship. Yeah. A great FPL resource who I do some writing for, but even if I didn't, it's one of my go-to sites for articles every week. Cool. So check check us out, lads. <laughs> Real cool. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, last game week, we saw much less goals go in. Do you think things are becoming, things are beginning to calm down? High scoring goals wise, or do you think we will see high scoring goals return? So I think you kind of touched on this a last few weeks ago with preseason. And this is, you highlighted this, not me, but I did agree with it. You, we bought into it. I completely bought into it and I've been saying it to anyone who'd listened ever since. <laughs> like all of the goals in the start of the season, it's been pretty crazy. But uh, you put it down to a lack of preseason, which makes perfect sense, like a lack of preparation. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, I, I don't know who the fuck I was listening to. I, the more I the game was, weeks go on, just stand you, by you, that. You like. and Gary Neville. Um, you know what's interesting is people actually switching to more defensive formations to, to actually shut up shop. Is that to like, compensate so, for the lack of preseason? Though? Yeah, so it's like maybe people are getting fitter and they're also being more mindful of it. Like Chelsea dropping your man back into the, into the back, uh, United swapping out the two boys into midfield. Um, Spurs, I want to say, played five to the back a couple of times. But just Arsenal are playing very defensive against the top teams. Um, West Ham have switched to a five at the back. Uh, I just wonder if, like, if it's a combination of like, look, we're not quite there, we're not quite organised. Let's just throw an extra body in or make that extra, extra man in midfield and just tighten it up because we're we're leaking too many stupid goals. Yeah, um, and where we leaking too many stupid goals because we've had no preseason to plan and prepare and like what kind of got me a little bit with that theory is it's not just the middle of the road teams or the bottom half teams that were getting hammered. Like Liverpool got hammered, City got hammered, United got hammered. It's like teams that are usually defensively okay shipped a load of goals, which is just bizarre. 
Yeah, you think there's something behind that. It's not just coincidence like yeah, that like, all these guys are getting hammered. Pep is a, a good defensive manager. Klopp had a great, you know, defense last season and the season before. Even United, who are kind of a bit reviled sometimes. Yeah, they're, but they're quite are quite solid. Like, statistically, they're quite tight, yeah. But like if you look at the the goals per game week, I was having a look at it earlier. Uh you know, in game week one, there was 23 goals, but there was like four teams didn't play. Game week two, there was 44. Three, 36. Game week four, 41. Game week five, 28. So it's gone down. And then game week six, 19. So it's dropped down a lot. So it's yeah, gone it's down from game. early 40s to 19. So something is happening. Um, are teams catching up on preseason? Are they kind of getting where they need to be? Like you said, have they just kind of opted for more defensive formations? There has been a decrease in penalties, which I think has had some impact. Yeah, I wonder if that's a slight change in that rule as well. It's um, it's going to be a jumble of things, isn't it? Like, and then finally on that question, I don't think no crowds should be a a big factor because post restart, I remember I was thinking no crowds is going to equal a lot more goals, and then statistically there was quite a few less goals in the Premier League, the Bundesliga, with no crowds. So. Like that hasn't been proven to. Yeah, you, you just have, you could argue that a couple of ways, couldn't you? You could say like, there's nobody screaming you on, so you just saunter around and do nothing. Like there's no. Yeah, and there's no, no pressure fire. on yeah. home teams. You know, the likes of West Ham who probably get a load of abuse from their West Ham supporters are yeah. doing a lot better <laughs> since they don't yeah. have them. Different teams, different supporters. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not point. the West Ham way. Yeah, it's like, what? Well, don't just kick it up to Antonio to score a goal. It's like, all right. I think I think the the rate of goals in the first few game weeks was unsustainable and we'll see them come down a little bit. That's an interesting uh, point actually you're just with the team by team. You can almost go through it team by team and it, it would have a different effect yeah, on maybe. each team. Like say someone like Villa who are flying high, they're winning 1-0, it's going into the 88th minute, the crowd just starts shitting themselves, you know, like that kind of tension then seeps out onto the pitch. It's like, oh, we really, we need this win. Like we're not as, <laughs> we're not that good. Like let's, and everybody gets really worried. But now there's like no crowd. There's no tension. There's no anxiety. And they're able to play a little bit better and they get the second goal and they get the third goal. Yeah. And it's just, it's easier for them. That's a fair point. Uh, it's one to monitor, I suppose. I do think the goals will decrease yeah that's i guess that's unsustainable isn't it so move on to the next question comes in from nuclear atoms uh a new asker of questions if my memory serves me right i haven't heard uh, the name before no welcome to the pod so i'm getting frustrated with owning pulisic lampard is still playing him on the right um should i transfer him out this week so he says he's doing nothing on the right you're a fan of pulisic aren't you I am a fan of Pulisic and I think you need to take it with a pinch of salt at the minute because he had a pretty bad injury at the end of last season. He started the last two games. He's played 80 plus minutes. But before that, in the first four game weeks, he hasn't got a minute like, and he's playing in the Chelsea team that is uh, all over the place. You know, they don't know what their best team is, what their best formation is. They haven't really got going. So I think you either avoid all Chelsea players in general or you give him a little bit of time. And like you said, I'm a big fan of Pulisic. I don't think it matters where he plays. Like if he plays on the left, on the right, through the centre, I think he's one of those players that will flow all around the pitch. 
Um, he's direct. He'll he'll get involved, and I think once he gets up to speed, he's going to be a great asset. At he started off at eight and a half million. He's he's no doubt dropped to eight point four three, eight point two, but uh, he's one of the few players in the game that I think can get you ahead of the curve because nobody's going to be bringing him in at the minute. But I still think he's he's only one game away from exploding. Yep, he's that kind of player. So the fact you have him in, what are the fixtures like, Kirk's? Do you know? Burnley away, so Sheffield at home, Newcastle <laughs> away. Yeah, I'd keep him. I wouldn't be getting rid of him. Uh, the fact he's on the right, if he is on the right, I haven't even checked that. He played there loads for Dortmund. I don't think it matters because, like I said, he's one of these players that'll float all around the pitch. And uh, I'd I'd keep him for another game or two. Anyway. Do you know what? I don't like. I don't like him and Werner in the same team. Okay, that's fair enough. Do they both think, drift into the same areas? Yeah, I I just feel like they're they're not. Yeah, there, I suppose uh, it's right to say they're kind of similar players. Like they're both just fast, direct, looking for the goal. I don't think Pulisic is a great team player, and he had a few assists last season. But like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's that type of player. Like to be creating opportunities, I think he's more like wants to get the ball and run at the goal as direct and as fast as possible. And Werner's a little bit the same. He just wants to get the ball <laughs> behind and run after it. I just like wonder if a Pulisic works better with like a, a Giroud. Where like somebody takes the ball in and plays behind and he runs on and like can just get the goal. That's a fair point. Um, I just can't in my head. I can't see how Pulisic and Werner link up. Um, maybe Havertz and Mount are the, are the key to that. Like Havertz in behind and he has the option of the two. But um, yeah, I'm not a massive Pulisic fan. But like when he's on form, he's just so direct and so dangerous. Like I mean, that Liverpool game. Was it last the end of last season? Yeah, he just ripped through them. Like if he's able, he's capable of that. But I don't think he's a massive team player. I don't see him being hugely involved. In like yeah, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty moves. sure he scored his hat trick last season against Burnley, who are up next. And uh, Kirk, I was doing some research into unexpected hauls there recently, and uh, yep. no, I was just trying to. I read it. Yeah, I was just trying to see, can you predict them? And obviously you can't because like they're unexpected hauls. But like a way of making sure you're on a player for those hauls is giving them four, five, six game weeks. And I think Pulisic could be a great example of that. Like he's done nothing in his two games back, but like he's quite rusty. He's playing Burnley, Sheffield United and Newcastle. You ship him now. Would you be shocked at all if he gets a brace against Sheffield United or Newcastle? I wouldn't be. And then you're kind of thinking, oh, my God, I, I had him two game weeks ago. How was I meant to know that? So just a teeny bit of patience maybe would make okay, well, you... I suppose, okay. Maybe on the makeup of your team, right? I don't want Pulisic and Werner. Yeah. So I've, I've Werner. I'm going, to, I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to stick with him for the next couple of games. They're nice fixtures and see what happens. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't be bringing in another Chelsea player on the back of that and putting all my eggs in that basket. If I had Pulisic and not Werner, I'd probably, again, stick to the same plan. I'd probably keep him for that run of games. Um, I don't know, sticking with him, if you don't think he's going to do anything, it's loss aversion all over again. Um, I'd, like, keep him. I'd keep him for the next two games and if he blanks in them, get rid of him. If not, play it by ear, to be honest. He's, he's capable and like to beat somebody like Newcastle and Burnley who are going to be very deep lines you need that person who's going to beat someone so they're playing deep and you can't pass it in you can't get across it <laughs> you need me. somebody to be able to beat a man and get in at the at the goal so maybe he's the key to to those yeah. beating those teams 
I think he's the best Chelsea attacker, but sure, time will tell. Move on to the next question. Comes in from another new asker of question, Kirk Slim Shady. I don't think it's the real Eminem, but uh, who knows? He says, hold or sell Brewster? Brewster's bench fodder. So what's your your plan with Brewster? I mean, you didn't bring him in to to play every week and get you all the points. So Um, it's a complete hold, really, isn't it? It's a complete hold unless you're reshuffling your plan uh, with your strikers. Like if you yeah. have Brewster, you have two premium strikers or a premium and a high mid range, and Brewster. Um, so unless you're planning to swap that up to a a Kane Jimenez DCL arrangement or something, I'd be keeping him. I'd keep Brewster, and I think the fact that you have him in your team means you've kind of settled on having that four and a half million enabler. And I think people get a bit bogged down. With the likes of him, do you know he's a big money signing? He cost over twenty million. Uh, Sheffield United can't buy a goal, and it's like Brewster's going to come in and solve all their problems. But like in your FPL team, all he is is a, a price point, in my opinion. He's just Definitely. a four point five million player with benefits because he actually will get some minutes. So he's he's better than a Wickham. He's better than a Davis for Villa. He's better than a few of those other guys because he's now at a team where he'll get minutes. But he's not really designed to get you points and if he does it's only a bonus like he's just there to get great players in and around him so he's complete hold for me the only change i'd make and it's an up is, is the bamford like if you're going to keep with that kind of strategy yeah but like that's another billion and a half whatever the hell it is now so it's a little bit of a step up but yeah it's yeah. brewster for me and bamford at a push just the fact that you have brewster means you're the rest of your team should be quite strong. So like, who are you getting rid of? And then part B of Slim Shady's, the real Slim Shady, or is he not? Who knows? Question is thoughts on Kilman and Bamford. Uh, What do you think being a size owner? Uh, If I had Kilman, I'd keep him just to see the lay of the land. Like size, I'm going to keep him. I think, I do think there's three players going into those two spots at Wolves and nobody really knows who's going to get them. Um, Kilman's the new kid on the block but he's played three games in a row he's played pretty well they've conceded one goal in those three games I think uh, Sice has been kind of one of Nuno's favourites over the years he he is more of a centre back he doesn't really suit playing the, the wing back role that he's playing at the minute but Nuno is always pretty loyal like he usually sticks with the same players it's hard for new players to break in and that kind of way, yeah. and then Marcel. It's the same team, one to week to week. Marcel, I just don't rate at all as a player, but he's actually more of a natural wing back. So I don't know. Like he, I was looking at him. He played. He played eleven games last season in the French league. He played twelve games the, the year before. He's injury prone. He's old. He doesn't really play much. Like, yeah, I don't think it, the plan for him was ever that, that long term. Yeah, where Johnny Otto is at the moment, but. Uh... He still has to be better on the left than Sice was. Sice is just lost out there. Yeah. If you have Kilman, I'd keep him and see. If you have Sice, I'd keep him and see. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable if I was a Kilman owner, to be honest, because I think Sice might... can't go wrong, really. I think, yeah, because like worst case scenario, he's your 4 million, 4.1 guy on the bench. And he's not likely to come on either. If he doesn't start, Yeah. I think it's likely he stays on the bench. Cool. Next question comes in from another new asker of question, Kirk's. Are we like Oscars? Have we been abandoned by our regulars or are we just breaking out into the world? Who knows? Are these all these guys all from French Polynesia? 
<laughs> I don't know. So it comes in from FIFA Millen. Is it wrong to waste a transfer when you have two free transfers, but no, don't need to change anything? No, waste it. If you're not good at position, waste it. The worst thing you can do is force yourself to make a sub and it costs you points. God, that'd be, that'd kill me. Yeah, I disagree. I think uh, burning a transfer is probably, if I was to write the seven deadly sins of FPL, that'd be near the top. You can't ever <laughs> waste a transfer. Like if you think of a 15. If you've, if you've nothing to do and every sub you make is making your team worse, of course you'd burn it. There's always something to do, Kirk. It's a 15 That's man the squad. Problem. I'm telling you, if I hadn't touched my team this year, I'd be fucking 100 grand, 100,000. Making changes. Improving your third sub, uh, changing your sub goalie. There's always something that you're missing. Okay, you maybe we get. need to see that we need to see his team maybe to make a proper comment. But if he's saying there's no subs to make, I have no problem burning it. Just don't, yeah. don't force yourself into a change. I'd have to see his team to be honest. But uh, I, I what you're saying is there is a change in there, and you you can do something. So next question comes in from Matt Francis, another newbie. It's incredible. It is. Is the FDR worth the paper it's written on? So the fixture difficulty rating, Kirks. It oh, is a bit shit, isn't it? It is, and I can't get away from it. I'm making so many decisions based on it, and they're killing me. But it's so hard not to look at a fixture and kind of go, oh, this team have City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea in the next four, and not think that that's going to impact their scores. But like, look at West Ham. <coughs> They've had some awful fixtures, and they're they're doing fine and you know what the weird thing is now their fixtures become quite good at week eight and people are going to get on top on board of them and bring in their players and they'll probably bloody lose the bloody games <laughs> it's it's uh it's definitely form over fixtures at the moment um but it's, it's very hard to ignore really bad fixtures yeah and even like some of the fixtures are just they're a bit of a joke shop like I'm pretty sure Leicester away is considered a, a red fixture for a lot, most teams. And uh, Sheffield United away is considered a red fixture for some teams. It's just very uh, rigid. So you're saying the fixture thing is good to follow, but you need to be looking at the right fixture difficulty rankings. I think so. And it's it's nearly all based on last season's performance. So Sheffield United were a tough nut to crack last year. And uh, they showed a little bit of form against Liverpool, but before that they were a bit shit. Like, and they shouldn't be a, they shouldn't be a held to the level of last season. Yeah, yeah they shouldn't be a red or a grey fixture. Who's an easy fixture right now? Fulham, Bra- Brighton are an easy fixture, even though on paper they're a tough enough team to play. Um, yeah, it's just all, it's Brom, very Fulham. it's very basic. Like the actual fantasy Premier League one. There's a few sites that have their own ones. I don't know if they're any better and a lot of them you have to pay to get them. I recommend, and it kind of shows that I need to get a life, is <laughs> at the start of the season, I always do my own one. Cool. Next question comes in from Finton Donnelly, a good friend of the lads, an enemy of the show, because he usually doesn't ask uh, useful question. questions. But this one a, actually is. A friend of me. It's one of the better questions. Werner. He's going to be frustrating. Hold for the occasional haul or jump to more consistent Dinger or Vardy? Uh, that's the question you were alluding to earlier on. And it's probably a question for your own team. It is a question for my own team. I'm sticking with him for now. Um, I just, as I was saying to it last couple of weeks, Chelsea will finish top four, top six. They will score goals. Werner will play. So Werner will score goals. It's a, 
that's all, all I'm sticking to. It's a simplistic theory, really, Crux. Um, Burnley, Sheffield, Newcastle are three nice games. They got Tottenham, which I don't think is a bad game for a goal scorer, and then Leeds at home, which again probably isn't the worst. So I suppose the only thing I'd be worried about is he actually might get dropped. Yeah. Um, I think if he got dropped for the next in the next two games, I'd be getting rid of him straight away because then you know Frank has it in his locker to drop the fifty million pound new striker. Um, but I'll keep him for the next game week for this week anyway. Yeah, and then when you look at the alternatives that Finton has offered up, Danny Ings, he's in great form. He's uh he's is he a million cheaper than Werner? He's got more returns. He's playing Villa next, Newcastle, Wolves, United isn't a bad game, Brighton, Sheffield United. Like his next six fixtures aren't bad. He's in good form. He's on penalties. And he just, he seems to be one of those guys that just keeps ticking over. Werner isn't, like Finton said. Like he probably he might haul, but that's it. He might haul or he, he might blank two or three in a row. I think I, I prefer Ings to him. And I, I prefer Ings to Vardy as well. I at think the if you had the choice, though, like if you had it, a wild card or whatever right now fair enough go to Ings put your money somewhere else but if you're on Werner if you have him in your team I think it's a little bit harder yeah especially when you've lost 0.2 million on them <laughs> not everyone is uh, all about the bank like you are though Kirks but it's a big swing like if you've lost 0.2 million on and someone else has gone up 0.2 million you're looking at a half million swing to get off a fucking donkey to get onto someone on form and then the likes of Vardy is just a weird one because I had him at the start of the season, but he seems to be nursing all sorts of knocks. Uh, his underlying stats are pretty poor. Leicester, I don't know where they are as a team at the minute. I don't think I'd be bringing him in for 10 million or whatever he is. Yeah, interesting to get a few more lads back from injury. Where's what's crack with their defense? Like, is Pereira and Sionchu back sooner? Indeed, Pereira's out for another while, yeah, anyway. Indeed, he's out for a good while. They, like this, the uh, Leicester. You know, your man got a new centre half for Fana. Seems to be doing quite well. Oh, Johnny yeah. Evans is back. Who's that under lad? Yeah, he's like a, a more of an attacking wide player. I, I, out of the three of them, I, I Ings is my favourite by a, a good bit. But like you said, if I own Werner, I might feel differently. I think I'm going to watch the next game, see if Werner gets 90 minutes. And make a call after that. I think if he gets hauled off or he's dropped, I think he's more likely on the chopping block. Yeah. He's also not on penalties, which may not be as big a thing as it was a few weeks ago, but it's still a thing. Oh, it depends if George Jr. is on the pitch. Who's the second? We don't know. We don't know. One thing we do know, Kirk's tonight, which is could be an FPL game changer, is Salah took a penalty when Milner was on the pitch tonight, which is interesting. Milner won't be on the pitch on the weekend, though, will he? Yeah, but the fact that he's... It used to be... Do you remember last season, Milner came on and took a penalty and it was like, oh my God, I own Salah. <laughs> yeah. But like if Salah's getting them ahead of him... Oh, look at that. It, Trent assists Salah goal. Fuck off. You know, we don't have to get that fear when Milner comes on and you're like, oh, here we go, penalty coming up. Tell you what, these Champions League results are more akin to what we're used to. Sterling goal and assist, two De Bruyne assists, Trent assists, Salah goal. This is what I want to see in the Premier League, lads. Not in the fucking... Oh, but Kirk, if you were on Twitter, that's one of the the great weekly jokes. It's like, save your points for the weekend, lads. <laughs> it gets pretty old pretty fast. Good thing I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, or if this was FPL, De Bruyne would have 12 points, whereas 
last week he got me no points. I don't think I could actually work out how many points he should have had. Yeah, I just but made I do like the fact he's playing though. Uh, me too. Uh, he's back. He's back. He's he's fit. He's able to play. He came on the other day. He started today. He's fine. Um, Great. I have to try squeeze into my team somewhere. Next question comes in from a good friend of the show. Yes, we have friends. Um, Tom Moriarty, Sherlock Holmes, Kirks, or whatever you used to say. <laughs> Is it wise to hold off on Man City assets for a few game weeks or get back Ooh. on the KDB train straight away? Oh, it's the whole risk reward thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Like I was saying earlier on, like Laporte's back fit, Diaz, Zinchenko's playing left back instead of that moron, Bendy. Um, like their back line looks quite solid. Rodrigo in front, Foden, De Bruyne. I suppose if Aguero had stayed fit, it'd be a bigger positive. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. It's like Man City are going to be one or two by the end of the season, realistically. They're going to start yeah. winning games. It doesn't matter who City play. Like they fucking smashed the pool off the park twice in the last two seasons. So they haven't shown any kind of that form this season, though. Would be my worry. No, I just I, I maybe I'm just making assumptions. Like I'm getting old and just assume these things are going to happen like every season. Like I but, do uh, think like they're playing Sheffield United away. I think Sheffield were quite good against Liverpool. Then they play Liverpool. They play Spurs. You, you probably will get away with them for the next three yeah, games. Yeah, well, more importantly, it's, it's Liverpool at home, which is, yeah. they've always seemed to do pretty well there. Tottenham have no fear about getting a goal, about a return. And then Burnley Fulham is, and then West, uh, United, West Brom. Like, I game think all, all, all City's fixtures look good somewhere or another because they're capable of beating anybody. Um, Liverpool away isn't a great fixture for them, but like Liverpool at home, they I think they've beaten them comfortably. <coughs> at home yeah but based on their form their current form like you're not a little bit worried like they've no striker like they're not really banging in the goals this is what I want I want to look at this game highlights later on your man Torres is fucking lightning up front I'm going to bring him in he's going to start up front and he's going to smash all these guys and I'm going to be the only person who owns them I can categorically tell you that isn't going to happen <laughs> like you might be the only guy that brings him in but fairy tales like that don't happen Kirks look I am at the I'm at my wit's end after five weeks I'm going to, I'm going to take my chances if Ferran Torres is your saviour you just need to like jump off I've, a cliff Kirks okay. it's not Andy, happening you've, you've talked me into it he's a midfielder I need to get rid of Greenwood he's a decent price there you go boom sorted um, one of my uh, conundrums is whether I move Bruno out for KDB, Tom, and I honestly don't know. Uh, like I said, I think you could get away with the next two or three game weeks and see, but you could also get ahead of the curve. Like, never have City players been so lowly owned. Um, yeah. well, they start punishing people soon, won't they? That's it. Like, I think KDB is their highest owned player, and he's less than fifteen percent. He might be like twelve point something. I was looking earlier. Sterling is lower than that. Uh, Mares is way below that. Like Sterling, yeah, I can never get on the right side of Sterling. He's burned me so many times. But <laughs> he's one. He's one of those guys. Like you're talking about Pulisic. Sterling is the fucking master at hauling. Like he will do nothing and then score like two hat tricks. Like, yeah, definitely has it in his locker. Maybe not without this. Maybe with the striker missing, it's not as likely. But 
look at those city games like Burnley at home, Fulham at home, West Brom at home, Newcastle at home in that kind of six game week period. That has yeah. to be tasty. I think you can roll the dice and go no city for the next two anyway and see. It all yeah. depends on how much you like to gamble. But I think I think I know what you're saying, Andy. But ownership isn't going to punish. <laughs> no, ownership isn't going to punish you that much. I, I know what you're saying. Bring in Torres. I got you. <laughs> like I said ownership isn't going to crucify you just yet. So the next question comes in from another good friend of the show, Alan Duggan. Is Podence ever going to return, or will he always? Just look really close to a huge haul, but continue to get hooked at 60. Yes, good question. I like Alan. Is it a good question, but an impossible one to answer? Same wavelength. (laughs) Um, It is, isn't it, really? Like, he was really good the last day again. Like, he he turned, uh, who's the right back? He turned him inside out. It was one lovely little move. I don't know if you saw it, but he um, did. He rolled his his foot over the ball and then turned at the same time and just did him like your man was like looking the wrong way and still going the wrong way and Podence was away but nothing came of it no FPL points so still got hooked at 60 <laughs> got hooked at 60 um, I don't know I don't think he was helped by the fact that size was so shit on the left I thought I noticed him getting dragged out there to kind of try to get the ball off him because size wasn't able to deliver a cross or, or beat a man or do anything I would just maybe I just he looks like he's capable of it, but I, it's very difficult to say. He's five and a half million. If you're going yeah, to what, ditch all your Wolves players, at least keep him. He's cheap. What do you expect from your five and a half million players? A goal every second game. Second game? Jesus. Oh, but the thing about him was, he's not that like he's a five and a half million player. He's He looks like he was underpriced. So I'm kind of treating him like a seven million player. Like an assist or a goal every second game. Like, And he looks like he looks good enough. It just maybe he's a fucking Redmond in disguise. Why is he hauled instead of Neto? Like I don't think Neto looks any better than him. I don't think Neto, I think Neto floats in and out. Neto's tidy, but I don't think he's is dangerous. I don't think he beats a man like Potence can. Uh, and he's obviously Potence playing up front in a two at the moment. Uh, I'm sticking with him for a little while. If I was to chop one of them, I'm probably going to chop Jimmy because I can get someone like DCL or Bamford in, who actually is getting more points so it's hard to replace a five and a half million man with somebody who's going yeah. to do better if we look at Podence like in the first six game weeks and I know he missed one through injury he's had eight touches in the box seven shots only three in the box just one big chance like no his XA looks, and XA's aren't great either but he looks good on the eye but like you said five and a half million player I think if he returns every three to four games, like you're doing okay. Like, is he, if he's your fourth midfielder, you might be slightly underwhelming. And then, like, people are moaning that he's getting hooked on 60 minutes. Is there a chance that he becomes Troy in a few weeks and Troy starts and Podence is coming off the bench for 20, 30 minutes? Troy starts on the right, Podence starts <clears throat> on the left. Surely the next step in this master plan of Kiko Flores, Morris, Balores is <laughs> three up top with Troy on the right, Pods on the left, Jimenez in the middle. Like, surely that's the next move. So Neto hits the bench. Uh, depends. If, if you stick with the five at the back, which I'm assuming you will, because Cody plays as that center back. So it's five, two, three. And you have the Donker and Neves in the middle. Yeah. So Neto would lose out. But that to me seems like a better. Way forward, no. 
Yeah. The truth is nobody knows though, isn't it? Yeah. I, I just you're it's less risky because of his price, I suppose. He's a luxury transfer out. Like if you've no other fires to fight and he's re- he's keeping you up at night, work away. But like five and a half million, he's probably offering more than like who are the replacements? Who are you getting in instead of him? Uh you could get in Barkley, who's like everyone's favorite troll for a couple of point million extra. Um who else you're you're looking at? Like there's nobody really below that. There's like John no, it's, McGinn. It's, it's bench fodder after that. I think it's just you cash in uh, on him. I think John McGinn's about five and a half million, but you really want that kind of link up villa guy who's kind of overperformed up to now. Then you're going six million and above. There's nobody but you, really. But look at eye test. I'd rather have potents than any of them. Like he just look. He does look dangerous. He gets. He does have the odd shot or two. Like and he is linking up with with him. And I was like, uh, what was it two weeks ago? His shot was saved and it came back to Neto. I don't think he got an assist or anything for it, but like he was heavily involved. Um, I'm gonna hang hang with him for a little bit, but yeah, I can understand the frustration. Yeah, so can I. I probably would keep him for the next couple of fixtures anyway. Crystal Palace, Leicester. He seems to be nailed on starting at the minute, but I I do have my worries that Troy will come on for someone at some point, and I don't know who. And there's also what we alluded to earlier in the pod. Will Wolves ever score more than a goal per game? And if they don't, Jimenez just hogs all the goals. So you're relying <laughs> on him getting the assist. Yeah. Oh, I don't uh, know. I was going to say know. it's a tough spot to be in, but is it that's tough? It's just it's hard, it's hard. It's hard to do a pod these days, Andy, to be honest. Hang hang tight, I think, with your five and a half million midfielders and you'll be grand. Like you're looking at like Jorginho, like I said, John McGinn. Ward Prowse, no. Neto, no. You're kind of going into the same. St. Maximum is another kind of show pony that'll get you points every now and then, but you're going to get frustrated with him. There's no real obvious alternative. That's why like, everybody was so keen on him, or well, I was so keen on him, because he just looks, he stood out in that bracket <laughs> as someone who's going to play and be very dangerous and yeah. just not get FPL returns. It's like you said, you'll have to move slightly up or go down to complete fodder. Um, and then that brings us on to the last question, Kirk. And I'm going to have to whip out my mobile telephone because it's on WhatsApp. <laughs> it's not on Twitter. Special delivery. Yeah. And it comes in from Davy Cans, a good friend of the lads, and now a good friend of the show. He's a, a sly motherfucker. Last season, he <laughs> pretended he didn't know how to play FPL. And then he signed up to somebody's Patreon and won our mini league. I don't know who's still kind of trying to work it out but he definitely got lessons off somebody <laughs> i'd say he's just doing it in work yeah so question cheeky, is cheeky. and i love how he prefaces it with genuine question for the pod <laughs> time to cash in ones yeah time to cash in on dcl he looked lost at the weekend without richarlison and with no seamus or dina now for service, I think you might struggle for the next few games. Everton's fixtures take a turn after Fulham. Yeah, I think we kind of mentioned it earlier on, actually, the depth of Everton's squad and their performance the last day without the guys we'd mentioned, Richarlison, Gomez, Coleman, now Dina's out, uh, James Rodriguez not 100% fit. Um, yeah, definitely a... F- Definitely a problem. But the fixtures, though, Newcastle away, Man United home, Fulham away, Leeds home, Burnley away. They're they're okay fixtures. I'm like they, they definitely change <laughs> after that a little bit, really rougher after that. But he, the thing is, I think I said earlier on is 
they're not they're better than Southampton. They're better than like Norwich with Pookie, like we said earlier. He's their number nine. There's no competition. All he needs is one ball into the box and he's gonna jump eight foot in the air with that kind of like bionic man noise behind him. Um and he's a good header of the ball. He's busy and he just he's in a six yard box. I don't think he needs to do I don't think he needs to play well. I don't think he needs to get a lot of touches. Uh he's playing for like a top six team. He's cheapish. I I kind of want to get on him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he's a strange one because if you look at his history, he scored in every single game except the last game. So are people getting frustrated because see that game? To... They just they just they, they lost that game in midfield. Like they got totally overrun and he just got isolated. Hamid Rodriguez was completely cut out of the game. Um surely that won't be the case every week. And when those guys come back in, I think Sigerson was an odd choice. Uh Maybe surrendered a bit of that possession in midfield, going from yeah. Gomez to Sigerson. I think that the squad is light. That's is it now the time to cash in and bring him back. I don't know. You're looking at a very tough fixture run after game week 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 aren't easy. Yeah. I'd rather be on him now until then, I suppose, is the bottom line. He's a very weird one for me. If you got him in early, like he's gone from 7 million to 7.7. So you could make a little bit of a profit. And I think the West Brom game completely flattered him. Like he got a hat trick, but other than that, he's kind of scraping a goal a game. He, he's not involved. Like Davey says, like you don't really, he's a poor player to watch as a fantasy football owner. Like you're never watching him kind of thinking, oh, he's going to do this. But as a non-owner, you're still worried. But like he's not kind of peppering the goal. He's not involved in a lot of the play. But like you said, they have some great crossers of the ball. They have some great set piece takers and nobody jumps higher than him. Is Are you afraid that he's going to get a goal a game as a non-owner? I'm not. Like I'd be, I'd have to sell him, to be honest. I'm going in, to the keep next, him. in the next five, I'd be worried. And then maybe after that, it turns a lot. I maybe would be less worried. Um, like the teams like Newcastle and Burnley who are going to defend deep it is ultimately isn't it going to be like that corner or set piece that, that maybe wins that <coughs> game and maybe that's where he comes in um, probably not against Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal Sheffield, Man City, West Ham, Wolves even Villa, That that's a horrible run after that I, I, I kind of want to bring him in for those three games where Fulham leads Burnley um, even the United game I think is, is a nice game for him I'd rather have him for the next five and sell after him the choice okay i i wouldn't mind getting rid of him to be honest uh yeah he's one of those he's he's gonna keep ticking over but he doesn't really overly excite me and he doesn't really worry me as a non-owner even though i think his ownership is pushing 60 percent, which is crazy but like he doesn't oh, yeah. have penalties like i said he doesn't have five or six shots a game everton are slowing down a little bit but I, I don't know who would get in ahead of him. Like you could downgrade. He's still, to quite, the likes, he's still quite cheap. So it's not the. Yeah, you could downgrade to the likes of Bamford. You could upgrade to the likes of Jimenez, who people are coming off. Then there's like Mope Ings, if you could get up to him. There's just he's a bit of a weird one for me. It's all a bit meh, to be honest. You have him, though, don't you? I do have him. Yeah. And you're and you're keeping him. I'm keeping him. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. afraid of him either way. 
and I'm not like, oh yes, I own Calvert Lewin. Well, nobody ever says that. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know if that helped at all, but uh, take what you want from that. <laughs> With your real questions. Yeah. So, Karks, I think we're going to leave it there. We're not going to go into any kind of uh, subsections of our pod or other little check the league or other little things. I think we just need to wrap it up. We've spent so long on everything else as usual. Yep. We, did we get it down? We're shorter than last week, but I'd say we're still over. I'd say we're longer than last week, to be honest, <laughs> which I'm a little bit demoralized by, but I think we're going to be longer. Look, I don't do this for the fans. I just do this for the <laughs> for the drink and the Tuesday break. Yeah. So look, it was four hours long, wouldn't bother me. As I always say, if you have made it this far, thanks for listening. Do check us out on our Twitter page. It's the FPL Renegades podcast at Renegades FPL. If you want to give us a five star rating on whatever podcast you listen to, I don't know if it helps. We don't check those things, but everybody else says them on the podcast. I know what does help is uh, giving it an old retweet here and there does kind of increase our exposure so if you do enjoy it do that and if not just do whatever you want so Kirks thanks for joining me tonight I feel like this is a very um, I wouldn't say the information has been very solid I think it's maybe reflects the season it's a bit like you know not sure take a punt do your best yeah it's it's like it's your team like how are we meant to know (laughs) (laughs) who's going to score this week not sure not sure. I just hope that we've done our new listeners in French Polynesia proud. I don't think we give people the answers. I think we just give them food for thought. Okay. Well, maybe that's all we can do in this <laughs> world of uncertainty. So uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good night.